This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. Hello, hope you're doing well on Friday the 21st of October. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. We're starting with our top story at Kent Online. The family of a 12-year-old boy from Sandwich say they're outraged after he was knocked out by a man who'd punched him in the face and kicked him to the ground. Owen had just been to the co-op to buy sweets with his older brother and sister when he was allegedly attacked near St. Bart's Road. Nicola joins me with more details on this story. So, Nick, tell us more about what happened. Well, Owen's dad, James Keeley, says the children had been about two minutes away from home when they started throwing sweets into each other's mouths. But one accidentally hit a small black car that was driving past. The car's then said to have turned around and started chasing them to the bus stop on Woodnersborough Road and a man got out of the vehicle. Owen tried to apologise, but the man punched him in the face, causing him to fall to the floor and blackout. Images at Kent Online show he suffered cuts and bruises. What happened to the suspect? Well, when Owen was coming back around, the suspect was still kicking him, shouting and stamping on him before he got back into his car, which was being driven by a woman. They then headed off. The boy's family say he needs to be caught, and for a fully grown man to do that to a 12-year-old, it's out. What have the police said about it, Nick? They've confirmed they are investigating and have given a description of the suspect. He's thought to be white, aged between 25 and 30, of stocky build and with a beard. He's believed to have been wearing a black tracksuit and white trainers. Thanks for that, Nicola. Kent Online reports. Our other top stories now. Four teenagers accused of being involved in the death of a man in Chatham have walked free from court. They'd been due to go on trial accused of manslaughter after 42-year-old Dale Simmons fell to his death at Chalkbit Hill in April. But a judge has ruled that there was no case to answer. A teenage girl has been repeatedly kicked in the head in a gang attack in Canterbury. Two others were also said to have been injured when school children were targeted by another group of youngsters in St Peter Street near the city's Guildhall on Wednesday evening. Five people passing by stepped in to stop it. Officers are looking for those responsible. Police are investigating a suspected arson attack on Strood High Street. A mattress caught alight at a flat above Sports Direct in Boots yesterday evening. Firefighters say no one was hurt, but the blaze is thought to have been started deliberately. And the so-called superhead of 19 secondary and primary schools in Kent and Sussex has stepped down five months earlier than expected. John Whitcomb was CEO of the Swale Academies Trust and had been due to retire next March. It's now been confirmed he's already left after saying his replacements had made an excellent start to their jobs and the timing felt appropriate. Kent Online reports. And it looks like Boris Johnson could try to return as Prime Minister following the resignation of Liz Truss. A former advisor says he's cut short his Caribbean holiday and is taking soundings about running for the top job again. A fast-tracked leadership campaign is underway, with Tory MPs needing support from 100 colleagues by 2pm on Monday to be in the running. Stephen James is chair of the Folkestone and Hythe Conservative Association. Rewind a little bit to, to um, Liz's announcement. I think there was almost a sense of relief um, when, when Liz resigned. There was all this kind of speculation. Would it, would it be happening? Wouldn't it be happening? 
And then you've got all these, you know, the kind of rumours swirling of, you know, who might be these candidates, who might be those candidates, who's undermining Liz and all, you know, all this sort of stuff going on. So when she finally announced her resignation, there was this huge kind of feeling of, I think, relief um, amongst members. Um, but then also kind of that sense of excitement. And um, one of the things that really struck me, actually, is even though I don't think any of the candidates have announced they're in the running yet, um, is how quickly those kind of grassroots networks for Boris, for Rishi, for Penny, suddenly sprung back up, came back alive. And so amongst those groups, there's this kind of real feel of, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're fighting for the soul of our party almost. And, you know, you have all this kind of, you know, these different factions. And I think everyone's kind of well aware that this is the kind of um, last chance saloon in terms of, you know, whoever, whoever, comes out on top here there, there can't be any um back, you know, fighting there can't be any um back briefing that we have to move forward aborton is the conservative leader of tunbridge and morling borough council he says a quick resolution is needed to provide stability i think there's a great opportunity here for the country to actually reflect on the challenges that we're facing and the challenges that the, the economy is facing across the world we've seen where the markets expect governments to go the MP for Rochester, Kelly Tolhurst and Darford's Gareth Johnson are both backing Boris Johnson to return to the Premiership. But senior backbencher and North Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale says he'd quit if he came back. He told us he was disappointed to see how things had gone for the outgoing PM. Sad that she went when she did because I would have preferred her to have waited to see how the land lay. But Mrs Truss clearly felt that she couldn't wait that long, that she had to go. It's always sad to see a colleague fall on the sword. But I wish her well and uh, we have to move on. Well, would you like to see Boris Johnson come back? We put the question in a poll on our website and it was a close one, but 52% of you voted yes. He's the only one with any sort of mandate. While in a separate poll, 64% voted in favour of a general election. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Latest figures show a slight drop in the number of people in hospital with COVID in Kent. 296 patients were being treated on Wednesday, down from 309 the previous week. Cases across the county have also fallen by 10% in the seven days to last Saturday. That's a contrast to what's happening elsewhere in the country, as COVID infections in the UK have actually risen 15%, with just over 2 million testing positive for the disease in the week up to October 10th, the highest number since July. The Office for National Statistics says cases have continued to increase in England. Three care homes in Kent are set to close because of a staffing crisis and rising energy costs. The company that runs at Dean Home in North Leeds, Edward Moore House in Gravesend and Connors House in Canterbury says they'll be shutting by mid-January. They're blaming chronic underfunding from the government. More details have been revealed as to what a new village on the outskirts of Canterbury could look like. Developers want to build 1,600 homes on 180 acres of land near Dunkirk and Borton and first suggested it two years ago. Although the land hasn't been made available for housing, they've revealed images of the centre showing shops, primary school and GP surgery. You can see them in the story on our website. Now around a dozen barbershops in Thanet and Canterbury have signed up to support customers struggling with their mental health. 
Hairstylists will receive training from charity East Kent Mind so they can identify signs of depression, be non-judgmental listeners and effective at signposting to where extra help is available. Well, I've been chatting to Matthew Adams from Malcolm's Barbers in Broadstairs. He's one of those getting involved. In the last few years, we've had a few customers take uh, take their own lives, sadly, and um, we feel that, you know, sitting in, uh, in a chair with our customers is quite a... Um, it's a great approach to maybe hit some signs and maybe anything that we can do from our ends um, going forwards would uh, benefit benefit the customers massively. Um, and, you know, we, we, I think I spoke to the gentleman from East Kent Mines um, on the tr- uh, about the training and he said, um, you know, he's we're going to get the signs of, of, of the suffering and, and things and uh, how to approach the customers. Um so yeah, so we're we're really up for it. There's eight of us in the shop. Um, yeah, and we're, we're, we're I think in the next couple of weeks is coming in and it's going to give us some 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 help on how to approach them. Yeah, I just want to say sorry to to hear about knowing people who've, who've taken their their lives. Sadly, I mean, how how do you how do you carry that? I mean, were they regular customers? Yeah, yeah, they were regular customers. Yeah, very regular. We 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 were. Um, we just we just in complete shock um we could we have known the signs i don't know um so this is why east kent mines is going to be brilliant for us going forward and, and just picking up these 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 signs that um they're gonna tell us uh, in the next couple of weeks and um yeah it wasn't it wasn't great it was a big shock to the to the, to the team um we didn't have a clue which is you know makes it even more tricky to understand. And with the training, I mean, you mentioned it's obviously going to help you spot the signs. I mean, how how hopeful are you that with that that you'll be able to, I guess, help make a difference or at least recognise that someone's going through a tough time? Yeah, I mean, if we get people sitting in a chair for you know half hour, forty five minutes to an hour, sometimes, um, you know, so we can really open up and have a chat. And like I said, if we know the signs and we we and we can understand them. Um, you know, we can we can either you know use East Kent Mines um, training to to put them into into their um, into their process their procedures and how they can help them after we've been here. I mean, we're not we're not counsellors. Um, it's more about just picking up the signs um, and 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 how to approach and you know so we can understand it a lot more. And I think with East Kent Mines, you know, they they seem really keen and we're keen to to crack on and and hopefully we can help as many people as possible there's eight of us in here we deal with a lot of people um and so we're all going to be trained um in the next couple of weeks which will be great we're looking forward to it absolutely and i I guess especially with that high turnover of customers or you know regular customers in particular do you feel that puts you in almost a unique position where you you've got a level of understanding of someone who you see regularly and that obviously puts you in a position where you're more likely to, to recognise any signs of concern. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, we, we sit them in the chair and they can't leave until their haircut's finished. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we will, we, we and, and we break, we, you know, so I feel it's a duty for a barber to be able to, to um, you know, we look after the customers and chat and ask how they are. I mean, like, we hear a lot about how men don't talk enough as it is and, um you know, when you're in a barber shop, it feels like it's just a necessity to be able to 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 get them to talk and and if we like say so with the signs, hopefully with East Kent Mines helping us out and yeah, we can approach um, and 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 hopefully spot the signs of of any suffering um, and then go forward from there. 
Here's a rather lovely story for you now. A bison calf has been born into the UK's only wild herd near Canterbury. You might remember three adults were introduced to woodland in Blaine over the summer to help manage the landscape. And it turns out one of them was pregnant. Bison ranger Tom Gibbs made the discovery after noticing one of the herd didn't turn up for their food as normal. So I went off on my, my sort of routine checks for the day, um, was walking around and uh, was sort of thinking, wonder where she is, why, why is she away from the herd? You know, all these thoughts going through your head. Um, I heard some rustling in the, the, the tree line and I thought, okay, right, I think she's in there. And bison, it's amazing. Once they're about 10 metres into the, the tree line, it's really difficult to see them. It's like a, you know, like a ghost. Um, so I, I could see something moving. So I decided, right, I'm gonna move in for a little bit of a closer look. Um, saw mum and I thought, okay, What's that behind us? It looks like a, a munchak. And I thought, oh, that's weird. What would a munchak be doing so close to this, you know, to this uh, bison? Um, this little head popped out from behind mum. And uh, sure enough, it was a little baby calf. Um, I was absolutely over the moon. I couldn't believe it. It was one of those things where I think you're just in shock. Um, to begin with because you know we had like inklings that maybe something was 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 uh, around the corner um, but it's quite unusual for this time of year it's a bit out of season for for um, bison to be um, having calves so the signs were maybe sort of pointing that way but you know you're never too sure um, so for me to see this baby bison and uh, what it represents for the project what it represents for the first you know wild-born bison here in in, in England it was just this monumental moment and um, to have, have experienced that firsthand was something that I'll, I'll never forget and um, it's something that I you know you just wanted to shout from the treetops and tell everybody about so um, we're really privileged so lucky and she's so adorable she's an amazing little thing so um, we couldn't be happier. But how come they didn't know one of the females was pregnant? Stan Smith is from the Kent Wildlife Trust and has an explanation. So when we moved the bison over into the project area, we had to carry out lots of health screenings, sort of making sure that they were free from disease and that they were happy and healthy to move. And it's amazing that you can have a, an animal the size of a bison and just not know that they're pregnant. But that's a fantastic kind of defense mechanism they have in the wild. You just, it's almost impossible to tell uh, that a bison is pregnant right up until the last second. They just hide that pregnancy from them. And of course, that's a, that's a defense mechanism against predators because it means that they just can't be tracked. They're not going to know that there's, that there's a young bison on the way at any time soon. We've got a very cute video of the new arrival in the story at Kent Online. Now with a look ahead to everything that's going on in the county over the next few days, here's our feature writer, Sam Laurie. So the big thing this week, as all parents out there probably know, is that half term is just around the corner. I know some schools break up for one week, some for two, and they're all a little bit different, but for lots of families in the county, this weekend is when the school holidays all kick off. Luckily, we've got a bumper roundup of all the family-friendly activities going on in the county this half term to help you keep the kids entertained. I don't have quite enough time to list them all here just because there's so much going on, but there's a Halloween-themed nature trail at Lunningstone Country Park near Swanley, pizza-making workshops at MacNade in Faversham, and family craft sessions at the Maystone Museum, just to name a few. But make sure you check out the full guide on Kent Online to find out what's going on near you, because honestly, there are so many things going on in the county for kids this half-term. It's not all about the children, though. There are plenty of shows still happening this week to keep the grown-ups happy, too. Faversham Fringe starts in just a few days, with its first full programme in over two years, and it's a varied one, to say the least. 
There's stand-up comedy, drag cabaret, poetry readings, musical performances, plays, hypnosis, dance showcases, circus performers, and even more if you can imagine. There's literally something for everyone. The full lineup for this year's Faversham Fringe can be found online, and trust me, you will find something on there that you like. And if you're a big fan of 90s and noughties music, and let's face it, who isn't deep down, then you'll probably want to get down to the Lee's Cliff Hall in Folkestone on Sunday. Keith Duffy and Brian McFadden, former members of Boyzone and Westlife, will be there performing their biggest hits from their band's careers, alongside some of their new material as Boys Life, which is what they're performing as now. If you had smash hits posters of them on your walls when you were growing up, this one is definitely for you. And if comedy is more your thing, then you're in luck. The Duchess herself, Catherine Ryan, will bring her latest stand-up show, Mrs, to the Orchard Theatre in Dartford on Sunday, and Kentborn comedian Mark Still will also be returning to the county with a night at the Brook Theatre in Chatham on Saturday. So hopefully, between the family days out and the nights out at the theatre, that should be enough to keep the kids happy and the parents sane this half-term. Good luck. Thanks for that, Sam. And a reminder for drivers, part of the A249 is going to be shut again this weekend because of drainage works as part of the £92 million junction upgrade. It will be closed at Maidstone Bound between Bobbing and the Stockbury Roundabout from 8pm tonight until 5am on Monday. You can read details of the diversion route in the story at Kent Online. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham will be looking to continue their unbeaten run in the league this weekend as they welcome Barrow. The Gills have recorded three draws and a win from their last four matches and are 18th in League Two. Our sports reporter Luke Cordell has been catching up with manager Neil Harris ahead of the match. There, there were so many challenges, weren't there, when you, you took over and defensively, I suppose, that was one of the big ones, conceded a lot of goals. How pleasing was, I think you limited Stevens to maybe one shot on target? Two. Two. Oh, one on one on target, yeah, one on target, yeah. And then I mean, how, how good is that against the top um, Yeah, against a team that asks a lot of questions of you, albeit a lot of their questions come from direct play and restarts, where, where we've predominantly been good. Um, yeah, that re- really, really pleased. I don't think anyone can. Certainly, the last six to eight games where we've been quite settled in our in our units, but I think people look at us and go, well organised team. Um, hard to break down, difficult side to play against. Um, ask questions of you. That that's what we want to be, and you have to take those small steps, and you have to appreciate them as a manager, and say right, okay, well we're getting there. Yeah, lots more to come, and and we have we, we've been to crew. We've played Sutton here that asked a lot of questions of you. Um, now play Stevenage at top of the league, and, and we've given very little away, and that that is a positive. But again, I won't rest on that. We want more. Top end of the pitch. Uh, and the team news this weekend, have you got players coming back? You mentioned the game on Tuesday that, that a few players had. Yeah, I don't think anyone played, no one played in that that have been unavailable. Um, so Stewie's the one who's been back on the training pitch this week. Um, whether Saturday's too soon, whether it's Tuesday or Donkers is more realistic, um, we'll have to see as the week goes. There's too soon for Ollie Lee as well. Too soon for Ollie, like I said, it was a 60 minute game, Ollie done 45 minutes. Oh. Um, but he, he, he's getting there and it's great to have him back on the training pitch and, and again not, not rushing Ollie or, or giving him a, you know, deadlines or time frames just, just nice having him in the building and training and um, you know, we'll, we'll be, continue to be patient with Ollie. Tomorrow's opposition are seven places above the Jills but are without a win in their last four. 
Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing at kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.